Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Today, we debate who is Superman's most important supporting character. Thanks for listening. So, way back in our 15th episode, we discussed which character was more important to the world of Batman, and we debated Joker, Catwoman, and Robin, who all happen to be celebrating their 80th anniversary that same year. That's not the case here, but we enjoyed the conversation that topic produced, so we thought it'd be fun to do it for Superman. So that's what we're doing today. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. All right. So who is more important to the world of Superman? Our choices today are going to be Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, Jimmy Olsen, and we're going to open it up to a fourth option for this one. We're going to say the Kents, Ma and Pa together. So that's our choices for today. This can be, you know, approached from whatever standpoint, story, publication, however we want to look at it. Um, so Frank, you want to start us off? So in thinking about the topic, I... I was kind of stuck because I couldn't tell for sure whether I wanted it to be Lex or the Kents. Mm. And I think I'm going to go with the Kents. Okay. Because Zach and I, you and I have talked many a time about how there's a lot of story mileage that you can get at having the Kents be around. Yeah, sure. And that, sure. And that basically when you, know, when, when you think about the idea of there's been plenty of stories about Superman being you know, purely Kryptonian and then what happens when he's not raised by the Kents as well as we get to see like their input. Yeah. I think the Kent as a whole basically helps shape him into helping the, to being the person that he is. Right. You know, you look at stories like the nail and when they're, when they're not part of things and how things go, you know, and that one things stay the same for a lot of characters, but for him, things are definitely different. I don't want to spoil the end of it, mm. but yeah, I, I think the Kents are uh, their, their contribution to the character is invaluable. I think they, um, you know, they definitely humanize him in a way that I don't think any, you know, that he gets that sort of thing. His, you know, I think it's they, they help lay that foundation for him. And I don't think he's the same character without them. What's a quick summary of the nail? Uh, basically, it's uh, for want of a nail. Basically, the, the, the Kents get a flat tire on the way to seeing the rocket land. And then by the time they get to where the rocket would have landed, um, Superman or Kal-El, the baby is not there. Okay. Someone else got to them, got to Kal-El first. Ah. So it's kind of like a world without a Superman story. Yeah. So he's raised without their influence. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All the other, I mean, all the other superheroes pretty much, you know, it's one of those things where it's not like the rest of the world is so completely different because he's not there, but his absence obviously is felt. Okay. Right. No, I I don't, listen, I don't disagree with you at all when it comes to the Kents. I think, um, I was thinking about them. Um, and, and I was kind of jazzed about this topic because Superman and Lois is on TV right now, Mm -hmm. which I'm kind of digging, but it hit me. If you don't read Superman comics and all, you know, is sort of Superman in television and Superman in the movies, Mm -hmm. right? Like the Kents are always dead (laughs) in (laughs) all of those versions, right? Or dying or dying. A lot of dead, right. dying funeral scenes. At least scenes. Pa. At least Pa. Right. Almost least always pa. pa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Kent gets a lot of mm-hmm. death scenes in comedy. Yeah, yeah. Not as much as Uncle Ben, but it's pretty close. Yeah. 
And so and so I can see where like if that's what you know about Superman to making the argument that it's them is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, in the words of, of Bruce Tim on one of those Superman animated series special features, he was like, you know, Jarell and Lara from Krypton, his parents from Krypton, they give Superman his powers. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan and Martha Kent, they give him his morality. And to me. Right. That's the more crucial aspect to Superman, mm-hmm. I think. More than any of the powers, more than any of that stuff, I think. Superman as a character to be optimistic and to be um, hopeful right. is the most important thing. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I really, you know, when I was, again, thinking about this and I think of like, you know, the animated, we get, we get to have Ma and Pa Kent, which is great. And yeah. then, you know, Smallville, you get, you get Mon Pa Kent for most of that. And then, you know, like you said, with the, with the, with the Superman and Lois show, unfortunately, you know, spoilers, <laughs> Mon Pa Kent aren't in it for very long. Mm-hmm. But when I was thinking about more, you know, when I thought about more live action stuff recently that we have Mon Pa Kent alive for, I was trying to distill what it is about the Snyder stuff that I really don't like that much. When mm-hmm. I think about, and I'm talking about like Man of Steel and his Superman in general, mm-hmm. and I realize it's not so much that you know Superman doesn't get to be quite, or Henry Cavill doesn't really get to play Superman because that's a joke I like to make all the time. It's like it'd be great to see Henry Cavill play Superman, but we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but really, it it's it's more along the lines of, <laughs> it's not a Superman problem so much. It is, is a Mon Pa Kent problem. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in those ads, you know, when the, we first start seeing the trailer for Man of Steel, and you had that great, there's that great moment of of Kevin Costner being like, I don't care what they, you know, where you're from or what they say, you're my son. And that's basically all I need to know. Right. And I love that. I'm like, that's, that's Pa Kent. But then you also get the, you know, the Ma Kent being like, you don't owe them anything. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not (laughs) like, I don't, that's not really, you know, that's not really who they are. Like you said, they, you know, they help give him his morality. They help, you know, they help give him the knife. Like I said, they give him the foundation and they show him how to be hopeful. You know, and it doesn't, I mean, cause then that's one of those, you know, it's, it's also for them, the idea that, you know, they couldn't have kids, right. That was the, like generally the, 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 um, the storyline is they couldn't have kids. Right. Right. And that Clark is this miracle that comes in their life. And like, they're both, you know, both of their, like all of their lives are better because, you know, he's in their life and they're in his life. Right. Yeah. Right. That's usually the story. So, you know, I never, like, that was one thing I just didn't get about, Man of Steel was the idea of why it had to be, you know, why why these people that were that were so hopeful and blessed to have him were, you know, I mean, I understand not they want not wanting to put your kid out there when he's having to fight, you know, giant robots and dark side and all that stuff. Like you're worried about him, but at the same time, there's a certain aspect of that, you know, being in the heartland and being those people that mm-hmm. I think you that you know that kind of got overlooked, and also the whole thing of you know not. Not finding a way, my my Superman would find a way to save Pa Kent, yeah. <laughs> like not to ruin Man of Steel, yeah, but yeah. he would have found a way to make it work. Yeah, yeah. One of the things in in Man of Steel, and this is going to tie into some of your points there, Frank. But one of the things that rubbed me wrong in Man of Steel was when the scene where Superman, you know, is saying what his symbol means, and he's like, "On my world, it means hope." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in the movie, like you never even heard of this place, Krypton, until like three <laughs> days ago. And now right. you're like saying it's your world. Like, no, you're you're a farm boy from Kansas. Right. Yeah. And I think in a lot of the media, like they're so eager 
to jump into and, and more so than than I remember from a lot of comics I've read, but they're they're eager to jump in on like Jor-El mm-hmm. by way of, you know, artificial intelligence or whatever, still having strong influence mm-hmm. over Superman. And I think that diminishes Ma and Paul Kent's influences, unfortunately, in the mm-hmm. in the that we see over Superman. Because I do think like the thing about Superman is that he's 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 a farm boy. He's a yeah. middle American farm boy. Right. And like that's that's where his nature comes from. Right. And like he's got the you know the abilities from his world and like they were doing the best they could for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily need to see them still having such a heavy influence like his his Kryptonian parents Jor-El especially. Yeah. Having yeah. such a strong like, you know, hand over his upbringing. I don't need to see that much because, like, this is. He's just a farm boy, and that's all I need to know. Yeah. I, cu- I couldn't agree more. Yeah, there's definitely one of those things of, you know, it's, I mean, there was more of, of an idea of, I mean, there's always that sense of, we've talked about it before, the idea that there's sense of loss and longing for what he didn't have, right? Yeah. And that he didn't have Krypton, and he didn't have his, his original birth parents. And, you know, you get a lot of stuff in the Silver Age. You get a lot of, like, Jor-El's ghost stories or, Laura, Laura's, you know, ghost stories or like, you know, before, long before they had holograms, there was just the idea of an image talking to him from beyond the grave kind of stuff. But yeah. I was, you know, I always wondered about that too. Cause a lot of times when we see, you know, at least recently, and I said recently within the last, you know, since like Man of Steel, you get a lot of like Superman going full Kryptonian and it's just that cold alien sort of, you know, take on Superman where he's not, he's not, he's almost emotionless because of the way, like, I guess because of the way, I guess you'd have to trace it back to Burn because Burn's idea was, you know, this is a planet where they didn't really even, you know, there wasn't even physical contact so much. It was more along the idea that, you know, Superman was put in a gestation matrix that actually was born on Earth, even though he's technically yeah. Kryptonian. Yeah. I hate that so, aspect of the Burn stuff. I really do. <laughs> People do a lot of weird stuff with Krypton. Yeah. Well, we were we were watching we were watching Superman and Lois, and you know, and I, I say we, my wife and I, I had seen the first one, and then we watched the, the the next one together, and we watched it all together again. And I said, you know, I said, what she she's like, why is there all that fluid? Why is there all that water? And I explained the whole. It's probably going with the gestation matrix of being born on Earth. She's like, well, that's dumb. And I said, well, <laughs> that's just dumb. one. I don't know. It's just one take on the story. But you know, I, I just I, it's one of those things where. Again, I, I think that he, you know, so much of what he is is not, you know, it's it's that whole idea of well, yeah, that's where you come from, yeah, but that's not who you are, right? Yeah. Well, and that's why the, I, the reason I hate it, like, like I get, I get what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. and he's trying, like, Burn, I think, in that moment when he when he was writing Man of Steel, the comic mm-hmm. uh, in the eighties, is I think that 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 gestation matrix was a way to tie him more to earth right than krypton mm-hmm. which i get and by and large i like as 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 a concept as a principle i just think that but i'm also big on on an ele- the elegance of an idea the elegance of a concept and mm-hmm. you take something so simple and then you complicate it right like when we talked about like like Shazam is such a simple concept right Right. And then when you when when you complicate it with with like, well, he's really actually like five kids now. <laughs> right. I'm right. like, no, 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 no. Like, like, keep it simple. Like he was a baby sure. and they and you sent him over there. Like, like, don't, don't make me explain gestation matrix to anybody. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. On top of the fact, that's not what people know. No. Well, I mean, that's also the thing is like when they when they first brought after crisis, when they first brought back uh car, when they first brought Supergirl back and it was this whole thing of. 
you know, well, she's from an alternate world and there's all the, you know, and that whole thing. And people were like, no, 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 no. You know, I think it was, they were, they were all the, the DC staff was at Six Flags and they were going to ride the Superman ride for the first time. And they're looking at all the characters and the characters have a synopsis for what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And someone looked at that synopsis for Supergirl about, she's a, you know, she's a protoplasm character, you know, and then, then they're like, no, she should just be Superman's cousin. Yeah. And they, and then they set to fix it in like the lobes, like the lobes, Batman, Superman story stuff. Yeah. No, it's like, it's one of the, it's one of the reasons though, why I love Superman, the animated series so much. It's that mm-hmm. it's one of the, it's one of the areas in media where Mon Pa are alive. Right. Right. And, and even here, I'll disqualify Smallville, even, even though the whole show is built around that relationship. Right. Right. But it's also, it's, it's also, he's never Superman until the end of the show. And what I like mm-hmm. about what I like, what I love about Superman, the animated series is he's Superman. Yeah. And his parents are still alive yep. and he has them as a resource to, to run stuff over. And and so, and I think again, I, I know I'm talking a lot like, like, you know, if people haven't read a lot of Superman comics, but I think, that, you know, I don't think that that's uncommon these days. Right. And so I think if all you know is the TV and the movies and stuff, it, it, it can be a little funny to hear how Mon Pa are always looming in the books, really, right. even though they don't appear in every story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like really, like, like the frequency those characters pop up mm-hmm. is is so much smaller than what you would believe if all you watched was the movies and television where they're always there at some point and hinted mm-hmm. at, right? Like somebody's always cast as Pa Kent to show right. up and die. <laughs> right, like right, in his yeah. arms. You just know, yeah, you just know that heart attack is coming. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, and I think that that's kind of an interesting aspect of the characters too. Is that like is is in a way they're always there, even mm. when they're not physically in the story whatsoever. Right, they're always a presence. Well, you almost get. I mean, in in rereading, if you go back and look at the the early early stuff, there's almost like a not quite a, a Bruce Wayne. You know, I love. You know, I will I will dedicate my life to fighting crime type moment. But there's definitely like a scene where he's crying at their graves, you know, talking about how I, I'm not sure if it's even close to like the, like I said, the Bruce Wayne stuff. I think it's more along the lines of just like, I'm sad you're gone. And now I have to go on and be a man kind of a thing. Right. You know, I got to head to Metropolis and get this going. So, but I mean, one of the things I like about, you know, more recent stuff and like, you're talking like um, Jeff Johnson, and, um, Gary Frank's secret origin. Mm. Well, I didn't like all of it. I liked, I love the bit in it where, and it's an extension of the lobe line of um, where someone, you know, the kid tells him cool costume. He's like, thanks. My mom made it for me. The yeah. idea that in that um, Martha touches the ship mm. and she gets a, she gets an image of what people on Krypton look like, like what they're every day, like what they wouldn't like, you know, people on the streets of Krypton, what they, when right. they were going from, from place to place, what the, what their outfits and stuff look like. Mm. And, and it, and it took a nice modern bit of the whole idea of her, um, taking up, I was at, again, I explained this to my wife. I said, there's originally the suit was made because that's that line in, in Superman and Lois where they have that in the opening about, you know, the, the, yeah, thanks. My mom made it for me line. You know, the idea that Martha, you know, uh, took apart his baby blankets, right? Yeah. And she re-sewed them back together out of that indestructible thread <laughs> to make his costume. Right. Mm-hmm. But in the secret origin one, what I, what I love about it is a great bit in there where, because she has this vision of what people on Krypton look like. She figures that he should be able to wear his native clothing, mm-hmm. and that's why she makes the costume look the way it does. Yeah, which I thought was a, a lovely bit. Like I think it's really, really nice mm-hmm. and really you know yeah, it's a nice a modern, bit. a nice modernization of that whole thing. 
It is a good bit. And 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 I'm I'm never against Clark wanting to learn about Krypton. I think I think that that's very much in the character that he would want to know that heritage and right. Right. And so it wouldn't die. But Clifton, I agree with you completely. I think that when when you start steering the ship towards Jarell and Lara so much, mm-hmm. it does diminish, I think, Jonathan and Martha. And 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 I don't think I don't think the trade off is better. Right. No, I mean, they when they had the big world of Krypton crossover, this was like in the uh, early mid uh, mid 2000s. Where it was one of the last times we saw the whole thing, like it was basically like everybody in the books, like Superboy, Supergirl, all the the Superman family basically were together at that point. And they they find like a, a lost group of Kryptonians, and then there's the idea of what are they going to do with all these Kryptonians? And you have a moment where Superman's sort of like playing up. He's he's basically you get put in like different houses, and it's not quite just the House of L, but he has this moment where he's he's basically casting the role of of defending his father and what his father believed was going to happen to Krypton, and like no one listened to him, kind of a thing. Mm. And Zod is there. And it's one of the few times I like the idea of Superman playing up his heritage more, like Kryptonian. Yeah. Because he's very much like, well, no, my father was right. People just didn't listen to him. Right. And the only other, the only other place I thought was cool was um, when Brad Meltzer does Justice League. I think it's in the Zero issue. It's the same idea of, you know, my father wanted to save Krypton, but he couldn't do it alone. So, therefore, that's why I'm part of something bigger than just me, which is like why he's part of the Justice League, which I thought mm-hmm. was a nice idea. Yeah. So one of one of my favorite Jonathan Martha moments is uh from from a book called Superman Krypton which was done by written by Darwin Cook and art by Tim Sale. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of a Superman year one-y mm-hmm. sort of sort of right. may, maybe a year two-y right thing I would say and there's a moment where Superman has like this action sequence in a volcano, right? And mm-hmm. and it's kind of told over voiceover and and you see that he's talking about it and he's at his kitchen in Smallville, right? And he's talking mm-hmm. to Ma and Pa and he's telling them about this ordeal. And it's sort of, it's like the first moment he as Superman was ever scared and he didn't mm-hmm. know like what the limits of like his invulnerability was. And he, and like, he was actually like fearful that he could die in that moment. Right. Right. And he's explaining it to them. Right. Because I mean, they're, they're the only people that know his secret and he's the only one that they can talk to. And of course, like he's afraid he goes to mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and he's talking to him. And the bit that I love about it is, you know, J- Jonathan, you know, says like, hey, Clark, like, you know, come out to the porch with me. I want to, you know, I want to talk to you about something. And then so they go out to the porch and then he's like, he's like, Clark, I don't want you to ever tell your mom this kind of story again. <laughs> right. Right. And it's just like, and it's so, it, it's, it's so like familial <laughs> it's such a, it's yeah. such a family scene that i love like you know mm. yeah 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 the only thing the only thing i wanted to say about the animated is as much as i love you know mom and Kent, and they're still you know around you know if without the animated you never get to see ma kent with a shotgun and that's all i'm gonna say right yeah you know, yeah <laughs> it's one of my favorite ma kent well, ever I'll, I'll 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 take also really quick before we move on to i'll i'll, t- I'll take one last shot at Man of Steel, the movie, mm, right? Where I have heard people also say that didn't know anything about Superman, right? And when they're talked about the movie, they're like, "Yeah, you know, like Pa Kent, like I didn't find him completely unlikable." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, if you if if ever that is said about Pa Kent, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. There should Absolutely. be nothing about him that's unlikable. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
You right. know, oh, yeah. yeah, you should always want to have a beer with Paul Campbell mending a fence or something. Of course. So, yeah. All right. So that's the Kent. So who should we, you, you want to go on to, should we do Lois or, or Lex next? Any preference? Because Frank, you were saying that you were going back and forth between the Kents and Lex. I mean, we go with Lex next. That's fine with me. Okay. So what were you thinking for, for Lex? Like, why, why would it be Lex? I mean, it's one of those things where Lex was, when you, you know, when you go all the way back to the way, like the way early stuff, and it was when the, when um, Siegel and were looking at doing the, the reign of the Superman stories, like kind of a pulp story. Their Superman was, was, you know, was a bald guy who looked a lot like Lex. You know, granted, early on, Lex is like more of, a, you know, an evil scientist type and he has red hair and he's not quite the Lex that we know classically. But I think, you know, Lex is one of those characters that has been around almost the entire time. He's obviously, I mean, you know, I mean, there's no other, there's nobody else that's the top of the list for villainy for him, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's no chance. like nobody's close. <laughs> like when they talk about arch enemies, like that's that guy. That's that's like mm-hmm. Luthor. There's nobody else right. that's close. I think some people would say Dark Side, but that's yeah. that's recent. That's all relatively right. recent. I think yeah. that's 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 I think the animated series really beefing him up, and I think DC needing needing a a you know mm-hmm. you know big big bad bad guy. <laughs> Right. And people that came in on the late Super Friends. Even though even yeah. though he, he first appears in Jimmy Olsen of right. all things. Yeah. Like I mean, that's the funny thing is that yeah, yeah. you can treat it all you can find you can trace it all the way back to there, but yeah. really is, you know, really Yeah, and I agree with Clifton the idea that, you know, if not for the, the superpowers team. Yep. Galactic yeah. Guardian show that, you know, that's that's where a lot of people were introduced to Dark Side. But um yeah, no, I, I think I mean I I don't you know, if I think of, of Archer enemies, like even from since I was a kid, it was, it's always been Luthor. Like they have, you know, there's just such a, you know, and it's not really, it's almost, you know, it's not really, I don't think Superman hates him, <laughs> but I know Lex hates Superman. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a hatred towards, you know, towards that, towards Superman. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when you go look at the, you know, the origin from, you know, and this is what they based the, almost the entirety of Smallville on was just this whole idea that, you know, they go back to the fact that at one point they were friendly and then, you know, there's an accident. <laughs> Lex doesn't, you know, doesn't look at it as an accident. Some people look at it as Lex, you know, you know, had all that had this chemical that not only made his hair fall out, but it made his, it affected his brain chemistry. Some people think that's what actually would happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a rivalry. It's a friendship turned bad and then it's never gotten good again, you know? Yeah. In some versions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In some versions. Yeah, I mean, we should touch upon that, that, yeah, there are some versions where, like, yeah, they grew up together in Smallville, like the show. Right. Like, that is pulled from the comics from, from you know, a certain era of comics, and then the John Byrne Man of Steel and everything kind of, like, you know, the post-crisis stuff strips that away, and, and right. they don't meet until until adulthood. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't meet, they don't meet until, until Clark goes to Metropolis and starts becoming Superman. Right. Yeah, there's much more of a Luthor is the kind of the, the the top dog in in Metropolis until Superman gets there, and then yeah. it's kind of you know one he starts monkeying around with what Lex is trying to do, which is not good. And then the other thing is just the idea that people are, instead of looking looking up to see the L build, you know that big L shaped building that Lex has got, now they're looking up to see Superman, and that doesn't sit well with Lex at all. Yeah, you know. But I'm I've you know, I'm a fan of like going back to at least the Silver Age for sure. You know, I've always loved the whole 
Luthor ranting and how he's in his prison grays mm-hmm. <laughs> up through the, you know, the purple and green costume and the armor and stuff. I've always been a fan of the character. And I just think that when you, when, when he's played well, you know, when he's not just, you know, a throwaway, like, oh, well, we got to have something with Lex. When someone actually thinks, you know, a really good Lex plot, I'm always, go- I'm always good with it. Yeah, me too. I was introduced to the Lex backstory from Super Friends, where they cover them as as kids together mm-hmm. in Smallville. It's a classic episode where he's like, you know, doing his science experiments in a shed or something. Right. And then there's a cloud of smoke and then all his hair starts falling out. And I remember being horrified by that when I was a kid. <laughs> was like, <laughs> right. like I, was, I was scarred by that. Right. And then I saw that episode a ton of times. Yeah. Well, the comic has a bit where, like, Clark, you know, Super Superboy blows, you know, tries to blow the smoke or the chemicals yeah, that's out. what it is in the, in okay, the so it's the Super same Friends thing? episode as well. Okay. They adapted that directly. Gotcha. Where he's like trying to put the put the fire out, and it just blows the chemical smoke onto Lex, mm. and then that's what causes uh, his his hair to fall out. Yeah, that's cool. Like in the story, they're friends, and like Lex is even trying to fight a cure for kryptonite. Yeah, I think yep. that is the the direct adaptation in the Super okay. Friends. All right, yeah. yep, same story. That, that's a neat story. What I don't like about it, though, is is I don't like that it can color Lex's motivation to be revenge driven. Mm-hmm. And 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 the version I like is is I I like that Lex hatred of Superman is motivated completely only by the fact that Superman exists. Mm-hmm. Like he's just there, and it bothers me. Because mm-hmm. because what I uh, there was a quote that I heard I think it might have been the guy who wrote Justice helped me out the guy from the Alex Ross book Jim Kruger Jim Kruger yeah. I think it was Jim Kruger I okay. said that 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 I heard say it where he was saying Lex has done everything you possibly can to be super mm-hmm. already he's done he's done everything a regular person can to be super and then there's this guy that comes that comes down <laughs> mm-hmm. right and is just super by, you know, by what he, by his genealogy, really. Like, he's just sort of born with this stuff. Right. You know, essentially, when he comes here. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's interesting to me. I like, I, I, Lex is a fascinating character for me. And, and, and Clif- Clifton, you and I have gone back and forth on this, where there is a sliver of him where he believes in the power of humanity. Right. But there is also... Like, but that, that, that is not, um, front and center ahead of his own self-serving greed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that gets played up a lot where it's, it's basically his, they portray his belief that like, if Superman wasn't here doing this stuff, like mankind would be so much better if we're not relying on this alien Mm -hmm. to do this stuff for us. We'd be doing this stuff ourselves. I would be saving the world if Superman wasn't here Mm -hmm. and he's just messing it up. Yep. And, and I see people put that out there a lot and I only believe it to a point. I believe Mm. it to a point that that is something that Lex tells himself, but that that is not the truth. Right. (laughs) That that's just Lex's self justification to justify Mm -hmm. the, like the evil stuff he wants to do anyway. Yeah. He's just, making a, a, you know, forced self-fabrication like people do to justify sure. what they want to do and try to make it moral and noble. I think that's where I take that. I think he does. Yeah. I think he does on some level believe that. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think that there are figures in humanity that Lex idolizes and I think that they are, you know, 
the great scientists of the past and the great mathematicians and the people that have done stuff and the people that have helped humanity. I think that he does see himself as one of those people. Right. Like where I take it though, is that as far as him being an alien, like, like if Lex were only facing off against Batman, like he'd still hate Batman. Right. Right. Yeah, Batman's yeah, right. Stopping him from yeah, doing evil. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but what's interesting to me is I think that the power of humanity is also in some way an egotistical thing because he's like, I believe in the power of humanity because I'm a human and I've done these things. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I do think his ego is like all kind of rolled into it. And I, th- and that's what I like. I like how complex he is, but you know, it's, it's said perfectly in, in all-star Superman, uh, you know, one of the best Superman stories of all time where Superman's basically like Lex, if you wanted to save you, man, if you wanted to do all these great things, you would have by now. Right. 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 right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the only, the only reason I remember at the time was it's, it's almost the exact same thing that, that Morrison says in uh, fantastic four, one, two, three, four mm-hmm. to doom. So that's why I'm like, I like both of the scenes, but they're pretty much the exact same scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause they, I think it's the same. That I is think a great fantastic four book. I'm not arguing that that's <laughs> it. That's, that's not my argument. It is a great right, fantastic right. four book. I'm just recommending same, it to people if they haven't checked it out. Sure. Of course, by all means, check the book out, but it, it's, it, there's a scene, almost the exact same scene where, you know, I think it's Sue that calls Victor on his nonsense and says, you could have done, you know, the same thing where basically you could fix everything if you wanted to, but yeah, there, I mean, there's like a, like almost like a captain Ahab mm-hmm. aspect to it where like Superman is his white whale on some yeah. level and he's and, right. and you know and he's an obsessive character which i think is interesting but what i also think is interesting about lex what he brings to the table is he 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 brings a, a philosophy that maybe everyone else should be thinking mm. <laughs> deep down it's right and it is a little bit like why should we trust a guy who could see through walls yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> sure and, and and i and i like i like that there is um you know, obviously it's Superman's purity and, and, and everything that, you know, makes him trustworthy. But I like that there's somebody who can embody that other side of the opinion to be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Right. Like, right. Like we're so into Superman's character. We see, yeah, right. We see that he's trustworthy, but it totally makes sense in the world that everybody be like, wait a second. Yep. Well, I mean, I, I think it's not a bad idea. Like that's the thing in like, say, um, uh, Superman, Batman, Dawn of Justice League stuff <laughs> that it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a bad idea that after, I mean, after that, I mean, after the first one, after Man of Steel and how destroyed Metropolis gets and, you know, all those people die, why would you think that Superman's a force for good necessarily? Right. You know, that the way yeah. that character's portrayed, you know, is, is, you know, it's not exactly traditional Superman stuff and it's, you know. You know, it's a lot of, you know, some people have described it as disaster porn and I wouldn't go that far, but I would say definitely it's not the same old, you know, I'm here to help. I'm, you know, I'm a friend. I'm here to help out. Mm-hmm. I may be from, you know, a million miles away. Right. I but. mean, I just look at it as, as, as what he would do with those powers. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and he just, he can't, he can't look, be, he can't look past it to that degree. Yeah. He's just like, no, like. If I had those things, I would do this. I would do that. You know, like, <laughs> right. Like, like, so, so why would anybody else like not think differently? And I just, and I do think that it, that it, it's, it's neat that the philosophy like kind of boils down to that. Right. It's that like Superman's willing to help people and Lex is only willing to help people if it serves his own needs first. Right. Yeah. I, 
I do like it when there's in, in I will say one of my favorite, you know, when I think about Lex, you know, I'm, I'm when I think about performance wise stuff, I think of, you know, Clancy's Clancy's is really hard to beat for me. Yeah. It's in, in the animated series stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about the animated yeah. like throughout the animated series stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Clancy is just phenomenal as Lex and that's Clancy Brown who played the Kurgan in Highlander, of course. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a million other he's been in a million, and a million things. other things. He's a million other things, but he's great as Lex Luthor. I love him for that. If he didn't do anything else, that'd be enough. But he's so good at that. And then I think, you know, I like, you know, I like the Gene Hackman from the Richard Donner movie. I like him. I you like do? Rosenbaum. I think Rosenbaum is a good Lex Luthor, you know, if it hadn't been, you know, so angst ridden, I think he would have been one of the, one of the top performances. Mm-hmm. He could play that haunted young Lex well, though. He did. He yeah. absolutely did. I'm not, you know, there's, there's no doubt there that he got, you know, when I think about, Lex stuff that I like, you know, I like, I, I think, I just think it for, you know, as a villain, as a, as a foil for Superman, but I, but what I was thinking about performances, one of the ones that doesn't really get talked about is I don't know the actor who does the voice, the voice in it, it's, it's the, the Ruby Spears Superman. And I've talked about it before on the podcast, but it's right around the same time of, um, adventures of Superman with Marv Wolfman and then burn is on, um, action in Superman. And you've got the whole businessman Luthor thing going on. And the the way the characters played in the Ruby Spears Superman is, he just thinks Superman is a dullard, mm-hmm. and talks to him like like it's not so much like I've got my evil plan, I'm doing my thing. It's a lot of like, no, you're just like you know, you're 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 just a couple steps behind, and you're always gonna be. Yeah. And I really really like that thought process because it's almost like I got to deal with you, you know. Yep. It's it's and we don't see I don't think we don't see an, I don't think we see enough of let it's either a lot of times it's either. You know, I'm so much smarter than you. You'll net, you know, like it, it, it's, it's either Superman and I hate you or mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's never, it's never a good balance between the two. And that's one of the ones I love because it's a nice bit of, yeah, I got my stuff going on, but at the same time, I really don't have to worry about you because I can outthink you at any point. I don't, in, in my opinion, I don't think that we've gotten the best of the character in live action yet. Okay. I don't, right. I, I, um, you know, with all due respect to, Rosenbaum and Gene Hackman and, you know, Jesse Eisenberg and, and, you know, Hmm. Ducky. (laughs) Cryer was great. You know what I mean? I actually haven't, I actually haven't seen the Supergirl, the stuff with Supergirl where, um, Cryer was fun. I I like Cryer. I thought Cryer did a good job. Yeah. I thought Cryer did a good job. But it's like, but it's, it's not in, not necessarily in any of the performances, I think. I think it's in the writing. I just think it's in the, in the writing for all of those movies and stuff like that, where it's like, I like, I like a Lex that sees stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Right, sure. and I don't, yeah. I don't like, I don't really like clownish Lex. And the and the one bit that I actually like from the Christopher Reeve movies is 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 the moments where he lures him to the skyscraper with like with the hypersonic. I'm like, that's Lex. Like that's the yeah. Lex I knew growing up, right? right? Because you know, I, yeah. I, I'm a little young to have seen those movies when they came out, right? But like, but you know, <laughs> right. the, the Lex that I knew, the 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 billionaire combination mad scientist business mogul right right who sees everything coming who's tactical in that way like that that's the moment to me that's lex right i'm just gonna give a shout out to the ruby spears lex luthor from the 1988 superman cartoon since you mentioned it frank Mm. he was played by michael bell Okay. He was oh. quite a prolific voice yeah. actor throughout the years, even still active, but uh, was Quacker Jack on Darkwing Duck. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's Duke from G.I. Joe, isn't he? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yep. He was Handy Smurf. Okay. <laughs> An All-Star Snork. Oh, wow. Okay. 
He was around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I knew he was like a guy that had been through a lot, had done a lot of stuff, but yeah, he was great as Lex. He was a lot of fun. Prowl, Sideswipe, and Scrapper. Okay. Nice. Oh, I love Scrapper. And yep, Duke, Blowtorch, Lift Ticket. Oh, wow. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's still active because he when they did, there's an episode of Community, which is it takes place in, in the animated G.I. Joe world, and he's Duke in it. So Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's great. I didn't realize it was him. But yep. yeah, I knew he was somebody that was, that was pretty prolific. I, I did heard the voice seem similar now that you say it. It's like, oh, yeah, it was definitely the guy who did it. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Lois then. All right. So why would it be Lois? Why would Lois be the most important to Superman's world? I think Lois Lane is the one that grounds Superman more to humanity, even possibly than the Kents. Okay. okay. Because, I mean, they're his parents, but Lois Lane is as a love interest, as a, as a friend, as a confidant, as a competitor in, mm-hmm. in you know, different tellings. I think she's the one that, that makes... Clark feel even more human that grounds him even more. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's definitely what I like about her. Yeah. That she definitely puts him in his place in most mm-hmm. of the versions, which is always fun. Right. Well, they, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's one of those things where when I was like, we're getting back to like the, the most recent stuff, which is the Superman and Lois stuff. They, there's definitely a bit where I, some people were complaining about the fact there wasn't much for her to do in the first episode. And I'm like, well, you know, they had to cover a lot of ground. Right. Yeah, and then do. in the second one, you know, not to not to spoil anything, but there's, you know, there's a moment where she's, you know, they're going back and forth about what she's getting into, and she's basically says, you know, hey, go do your Superman thing, and I'm going to go do my Lois Lane thing, and I think that's an important bit too, is the idea mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we've talked about it before, but just the idea that she's got, you know, as much as he's got stuff going on as being Superman and being Clark, she definitely has her own world yeah. that she inhabits and things that she's into and things that she's championing, and I think. A lot of times, while we know about it, we just don't see enough of it. Right. I'm so sick of hearing, like, this person doesn't get enough, like, when it's a TV show. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I've been watching TV for many, many, many years, and I just know at this point that, you know, if somebody's a little light in one episode, that they're going to get a focus down the line, especially when the show is named after her. Right. (laughs) Right. Right, Of course. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's what I think so, too. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like, there's a reason why it's and Lois and it's not, you know, just Superman. Like, I get that, too. She she's got some cool bits in there, right? Like, it's only been two episodes from from, you know, the moment we're recording. So, you know, when this comes out, I think the third will be out. Right. right. But, you know, I was watching it with my wife, too. And like Lois had had like had like, a, you know, a hell yeah moment, too, where I like I said, I said out loud to the screen. I'm like, I'm like, you don't F with Lois Lane. And, <laughs> no. and my wife was like, yep. I know, right? And I'm like, and, and Lois is like one of my favorite characters in all of comics. Right. And I and I say this, I say that she is my favorite female superhero. And I know that that sounds weird because she's not a superhero. But right. There was, um, there's a bit in New Frontier, the Dormer Cook, you know, Silver Age love letter, you know, Elseworlds, where he has, he has Lois as a reporter overseas covering the Korean War. And I think this was like in the commentary of, of the DVD or something. He was like, really at the time, mm-hmm. there would be no way a female reporter would have been overseas in a war zone covering it. Right. right. He's like, he's like, so, you know, I do have to say that, you know, that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, like really representing the time well there by this, but he's like, in my head, if Lois Lane was a real person and she existed in that time, she would be there. And that was the mm-hmm. moment I'm like, yep, 
I'm like, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah, like, like she, she is kind of, she's kind of a Batman. She's kind of an Alfred now. Like she can, she's like good at everything. Right. right. She's that exceptional <laughs> character. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just what the character would be doing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what it's funny you say that because it's one of those things where, you know, I, when I, when I'm asked about more modern Superman stuff, I'm always pushing the Peter Tomasi, um, uh, I think it's Doug Monkey Superman series. It was out fairly recently. It was one, it was out of rebirth Superman book. And I, and I say it should have been Superman family because it's, it, it's Clark and, and Lois and Jonathan, young Jonathan Kent, Superboy. Mm. But it, one of the things I loved about Tomasi's take on that family dynamic is that no matter what the situation was, no matter what, you know, was going on with Clark, whatever, you know, whether they were in Smallville, Metropolis, wherever, Lois just was like, okay, and adapted to the moment, like, no problem. Like, one point, I think one of my favorite issues is, is one where it's like, it's, it's, Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, and if you've read the the, the DC stuff with with Frankenstein in it, um, and it's kind of like Lois just rolls with, oh yeah, this is just this is our this is my life, you know, <laughs> right. this is just how things are, and it's not a it's not even like a self referential or a like oh I realize no she just in the moment is comfortable with the fact that that's what's going on and that she's you know I think the bride like it's basically like the I almost remember the scene being that the bride and Lois talk about relationships, which again sounds like a whacked out scene but <laughs> mm-hmm. lois is totally comfortable in it and it's it, it doesn't seem contrived it doesn't seem like well this is no it works perfectly that's the world they live in yeah. right and she's she's perfectly comfortable in that I, and there's another one where the, like lois you know being you know when you think about the fact that lois is an army brat and she's probably lived a bunch of different places yeah um there's a moment where she has to take it like basically fly a helicopter and it's one of those things where you you know you may say oh it's so far it's not far-fetched because i think it's like lois would probably have that knowledge from some point in her life, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's but yeah, Tomasi's take on if you if you're looking for really good especially with with Superman and Lois coming out and you know, we're only on like the we're coming out the th- up on the third episode. If you want to enjoy more of that stuff, I would highly recommend Peter Tomasi's run on Superman. I think in a weird way that she's she's almost like tougher than Superman is. <laughs> in a weird way. I think I think she she doesn't have power right, but I think she can handle more. It's right. weird, right? We're like, yeah, like she's as brave, but doesn't have yeah, the powers, yeah, to fall um, back on. And I think, I think more stuff gets to him where she, she's a little bit more cynical than he is, which I think is also interesting too. So when I was saying, like, <laughs> like Lex, Lex is sort of the, the philosophy that maybe we should all be thinking, mm-hmm. right? Lois, I think, is sometimes the philosophy for Superman. I think maybe you should be thinking this sometimes, or Clark. Like you right. and I, I like that they bounce each other, bounce off of each other that way, where yeah. she's kind of a realist and kind of isn't as hopeful as he is. Mm-hmm. But you know, and and they can kind of like play off of each other that way. Yeah, I mean that to me that for me that goes all the way back to like the Margot Kidder stuff because she's very much you know at that point she's not really I don't I don't think the Smallville stuff comes till later. Like she's calling him Smallville till later, right? But yeah, you know that definitely is one of those things where even then she's kind of like. You know, you don't really understand how things work in the big city, <laughs> you know, you know, country mouse kind of a thing with Clark. And it's, and I agree with you. I love the fact that, that a lot of times what I love about the relationship is also the fact that she's able to, you know, she doesn't henpeck him. She doesn't have to smack mm-hmm. him upside the head. She just basically says, no, this is what, you know, you're not realizing you're not seeing is this and it's, and it works. And then at the same time, you know, she's in awe of the fact, not so much that he has the powers, but like you said, just how hopeful he is. Yeah. 
even if she doesn't agree that that's what he should be thinking. Yeah. I love that a bit. I like, I love that part of their relationship too. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I like that they, that they can kind of push each other to be a little bit more each other mm-hmm. in that, in that Absolutely. instance. I think, I think that she's, she's inspired by his hopefulness, but at the same time, like he, he, he's a little bit smarter and more effective because of her mindset on things as well. Right. You know? And, and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not all the way through it, but, you know, I started reading the event Leviathan stuff that, that, mm. that Bendis was writing, that big event, um, right. you know, and I like that Batman is teaming up with Lois. Right. It's one of those things. It's like, I just kind of chuckle at that where it's almost like, like they're more alike than he <laughs> right. and Superman are like, like she's almost easier to work with because, yeah. because, <laughs> you know, like they, they relate to each other better. I mean, they've never really come out and said. You know, I, I mean, while she solves kind of like mystery stuff every once in a while, like she'll have like, especially when she had her own book, there yeah. were a lot more situations where she was, you know, it wasn't always just, you know, I'm trying to figure out Superman is, or I'm trying to marry Superman. There were stuff where she had issues where she was trying to, you know, like solve a mystery. And then, you know, again, getting back to the Superman family, when it was more of that kind of book, you know, she would take on a role for a, for a, a, a piece she was writing and then it would turn into, you know, well. You know, so-and-so is bumping somebody off or so-and-so is embezzling money and she would have to figure out, do the reporter bit, you know, and try to figure that out. So, I think I think it lends itself to the idea, especially the Event Leviathan where you're trying to put all those, that's the one with all the detectives together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that she would fit in well with those those people that, you know, can look at the evidence and the big picture and then distill it down to what it's supposed to be. Right. I think that makes, I mean, yeah. that makes a lot, made a lot of sense in that, in that book. And I, I like, I like the cliche Superman, you know, truth, justice in the American way, but I like when somebody spelled it out to me that the truth in there is the journalism aspect uh-huh. and that's, and, yeah. and that, that, that also that's Lois's role, but that's also like Clark is a reporter's role. Like that's how he, they work that angle of, mm. of, you know, whatever I call it, the, the, the creed, the, the code, whatever, you know, <laughs> right. You know, so, all right. So we're running out of time, but so let's, let's get Jimmy, let's get Jimmy in here. Let's give Jimmy, Jimmy also some love. So, so why, why would he be the most important? He is one of the most like prolific characters in all of comics. Right. <laughs> like he really is like, I mean, you know, just, just, just on sheer number of appearances. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, he hasn't had a regular book in a while. He gets like a special or there's a focus mm-hmm. on him or there's a mini. Well, there was recently the, wasn't it Fraction, Matt Fraction? Was it not? Yeah. I thought it was like a 12 issue maxi series. Uh, I'm not sure. I just knew it was recently he had a run. Okay. But I'm saying like he hasn't had a regular book since like the 60s. Right. No. You know? He's underappreciated. Sure. As a character. Uh, he, he 100% is, I think, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think it's one of those things where. You know, I, it's, I mean, a lot of times it was just to introduce something bizarre and I say bizarre and like in the best way, like, you know, you get like giant turtle Jimmy or you get porcupine Jimmy or werewolf Jimmy Mm -hmm. or genie Jimmy. Yeah. You know, and it got, you got to see an aspect of, you know, I mean, the signal watches I thought wasn't always a cool idea because it just, you know, you know, in, in, it, it led, it led to the idea that Superman isn't always aware of what's going on everywhere. Yeah. 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 No, that's important too. It, it's yeah. the tricky part with writing Superman, I think, and 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 creating the character is that you do find yourself in instances like I find it like even even watching Superman and Lois, where I'm like, there are moments where I'm like, 
shouldn't he be able to hear that? Can he hear that? Can he not hear that? Like what, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I right. like that, that. Yeah. That the signal watch that, you know, for those that don't know is it, it was a silver age thing that kind of, it creeps up sometimes where, you know, Jimmy Olsen as Superman's pal had a watch that whenever Jimmy was in trouble, he would flick a switch on it and it would emit like a hypersonic noise that only Superman could hear. And it would let him know that like Jimmy's in trouble and I got to go help right. out. Mm-hmm. What I think is important about Jimmy is Jimmy sees Superman the way the public does. Okay. Like, like he's that he's that window, right? Because he's Superman's pal, but he doesn't know his identity in no. most versions. You know, he doesn't know really all that much about his personal life. Right. You know what I mean? But he is, you know, he believes in him. He's his biggest fan. Right. In, right. And for for a story like Death of Superman, that's sort of like, you know, one of the most well-known Superman stories of all time. I don't think that story works without Jimmy. Yeah. Right. Because Lois mourns him as a love interest. Right. The Kents mourn him as parents. Right. Jimmy mourns him as we just lost, you know, like he does mourn him as a friend, but it's also like we just lost like Earth's greatest savior. Right. And this is a big Mm -hmm. deal. You know, a hundred percent. I don't I don't I, I think I think Jimmy Jimmy is the conduit for how the rest of the world feels about Superman in that moment. Yeah, no, I mean, I think. I think the thing with Jimmy for me has always just been the idea of, yeah, he's Superman's pal, but I, I think it was one of those things where I've always appreciated Jimmy, but at the same time, my look is like, you know, it, it, it's not really played that much unless, unless you got like, the, you know, the Superman's just being a jerk, like on a cover or something, but it was almost always, uh, what's Jimmy into this week or this month? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you get some of that too, but it's not. Not, it, it, I think, I think the reader was supposed to feel that way more than Superman was. You know what I mean? Right, right. Jimmy Olsen certainly had some of the craziest Silver Age stories there are yes. in the super crazy Silver Age. Right. Yep. And his Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, like every week, like you touched on it, Frank, like it was, he was always being turned into a giant reptile, like a Godzilla right. or <laughs> getting superpowers. Uh, one of my favorites was when Jimmy went back in time to ancient Israel. Mm-hmm. and started playing Beatles songs. <laughs> right. And like that was in a story titled The Red-Headed Beetle of 1000 BC. <laughs> sure. It's right. it's like the movie Yesterday where nobody had ever heard of the Beatles except this one guy remembered the Beatles and becomes like a huge star just doing Beatles stuff. Right. right. Jimmy Olsen did that in 1000 BC. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he went back and introduced Beatlemania to them. Right. In like sure. 1964 in the comics. In the right. comics, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure, because yeah. of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's yes. just what he was doing every month in his book. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, it was uh, in in the Nick Spencer like backup book like stories that got kind of like tra- like traded in, into like an eighty page giant. That Clifton, you brought up in one of our favorite single issues a bit, and what I like about that is you get to see how other people see Jimmy, and and I like the take on him there. Right. Where if it is the guy that gets to hang out with Superman and, ha- and and go on all these crazy adventures and has all these things to have been like happened to him, 
Jimmy would be the coolest guy in the in the room. <laughs> right. Like he would yeah. be the guy with the most stories. Like, yeah, yeah. there's that time. There's that time I got turned into a, a you know a giant ape. Uh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think to a certain point, uh, you know, at some point Jimmy would just again be more unflappable than Lois, I would think. Right. <laughs> After all the stuff that he's been through. It was one of the things in the early Supergirl seasons when it was CBS and CW, and they had McCad Brooks as as James Olsen. Mm-hmm. as the grown-up jimmy olsen i was like one thing i like i really liked about about that is that he played it confident he played it as like uh on the same level as supergirl like he wasn't you know a sidekick or anything like they were pretty much on the same level and i was like yeah i'm like this is a grown-up guy who hung out with superman all the time like he'd be confident like he'd be able to handle himself mm-hmm. by that point in like when he's older right right there's a bit in the Hitchcock movie Rear Window that makes me think of Jimmy Olsen every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Rear, Rear Window is the movie that you guys have seen spoofed a million times. The guy, you know, the broken leg in the wheelchair that's watching his neighbors through the binoculars. And, right. you know, um, in the opening of that movie, um, Jimmy Stewart's a photographer in that movie. And you see like a pan over like his night table or something like that. And you see the picture that he took that you're supposed to infer where he got his broken leg. And it's this like horrendous, like he's out on the, on the racetrack during this, like, you know, car pile up that's coming like right in front of him. There's like a car that's like flipped over upside down, like, (laughs) right. And it's, and it's, it's this, it's this funny thing that makes you laugh. But I think about that and I'm like, that's Jimmy to me. That's like Jimmy will be on the railroad tracks right? as the train is coming to get yep. the perfect shot and then jump away in the last second. Like, right. <laughs> you know, so, right. yeah, I think that is one of those things. I do think that, that, you know, he is as brave as Lois is. In those moments, you don't see it done as much, but like it is an angle I would like to see a little bit more sometimes. Sure. I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy. Yeah. So. All right, so let's go around really quick. So let's, you know, so who's our vote out of the four? You got it narrowed down to one yet, Frank? I think I'm still sticking with the Kents. Okay, you're sticking with the Kents. Clifton, what I'm about you? With the Kents. I'm going with Lois Lane. Okay. Tommy, what about you? Oh, definitely Lois Lane. Yeah, I'm between Lois and the Kents, but... Uh, Lois is super in her own right. Right. Exactly. If Superman didn't exist, Lewis would still be the best woman possible. She's world-renowned. Uh, she's smart at her own regard. She figures things out. She's everything Super, uh, Clark wants to be as a journalist. She has a pick yeah. of the world. Right. You, did, you brought up an angle that we didn't touch upon, and I, li- and I like that the Superman and Lois plays off of this, is that su- Superman it, it, right, is famous on her own. Yeah, not just as the not just as the woman that Superman saves all the time, which you sometimes can see in the comics and in other stuff somewhere. And I like that. Like, no, no, no. Like she herself on merit is the most famous reporter in the world. Right. Yeah. She's she's justified at a young age. Lex gives her respect. Perry gives her respect. Everybody around her respects who she is and what she does. She's at the top of her game at the youngest possible way she can be. So Superman is lucky to be with her. Right. Right. And yeah. it's just now that they're 
like if you look at the animated movies that came out like um Justice League Apocalypse mm-hmm. she's coordinating everything yeah because she has that it's now they're starting to show her intelligence of course what um Frank says earlier that before she's played as you know the comical um get him to marry me trope as what <laughs> right. that age would provide as Thai women are portrayed. But when the more you look at her character and see how she reacts and what she is, she's so much more than that. And yeah. um, Superman is her gateway into that. But without Superman being there, she still wants, she still fights for a better world. Yeah. All right. So what, so one vote for the Kents, two votes for Lois. I, I, I want to say the Kents so bad. I love the Kents. <laughs> I love them so much. Really, I love all of these characters. I mean, all of these characters are some of my favorite in all of comic books. This is yeah. why I love Superman is, is, is the supporting stuff. But I got to go with Lois. Like, I, I can't I can't think of a super of a Superman story without her. Right. Like, it's just not mm-hmm. the same. You right. know. And she should have been given more opportunities in the comics to tell her own story. We did yeah. just recently have the Lois Lane run of comics by Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins, but it's yeah. one of those things where I'm like, how did it take this long? I know. Like, I how know. did it take that long to get them? She's a superhero. Like I said, like, you know, and, 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 you know, I love wonder woman too, but like I can name more amazing Lois Lane stories than I can wonder woman, you know, yeah. just, yeah. You know, so, yeah, Lois is great. Lois is mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, so uh, we're gonna cool down. So, so uh, in our Joker, Catwoman, Robin episode, what we did was we we went around and we said like, okay, like who's the next most important after those three? So we'll do the same for Superman. Like, who's the fifth most important supporting character? Uh, but first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Finally, if there's anything you would like us to discuss, you can leave a topic suggestion on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. Okay, so who wants to kick us off? Who's, who's number five? Crypto, the super dog. Okay. I don't <laughs> yeah. think you're kidding. <laughs> I'm yeah. not kidding. Okay. <laughs> like, as far as like most important, I don't know. As yeah. far as my favorite, Crypto, right. the super dog. Yeah. Okay. So it is my legitimate choice for my favorite uh, fifth edition to the Superman universe. And just, I think it's a great idea. I think like it's fun seeing a dog with superpowers. I love that in the silver age, like they went with it. Yeah. And like, it just does expand the, the Superman world to how crazy it can be. Like we were talking about in the Jimmy Olsen books, like, and and Lois Lane interacting with Frankenstein, like that's just the world they live in. Like this is what happens. Yep. And there's a really fun, um, in Titan season two, there's a mm-hmm. really fun moment with their version of crypto where you're like, he's super and just a dog still. So yep, okay. like, I love that. I love that they show that stuff. There's an awesome Morrison quote too, where he was like, you talked, he was talking about, I think it was a panel we were at Clifton at New York comic con where he was talking about like writing Superman. And he was like, what I, what I'd like to do is I like to just take like mundane, normal things <laughs> right. and just up it. So it's like going out, walking your dog. Well, that's what he's doing. Just to him, he's walking him past Saturn. Right. right. <laughs> you know, and like, I love that image in my head. Yeah, there's so much great stuff with crypto. Yeah. All right. One vote for crypto. Who's next? I'm kind of torn between Supergirl and Lana. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I like Lana because Lana shows Smallville. 
Mm-hmm. It shows um, how he's not perfect. Yeah. How he was just learning things of that nature. I mean, it just humanizes him a little bit more to throw Lana into it. Mm-hmm. Right. She she knows Clark before the cape. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even and, and she knows all about him. You know, she's she's another confidant to him. Mm-hmm. She 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 shares the same weight as the cats, except it's more of a peer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But they don't mind it out as much with Lana, but. Lana is there during those times for him. Yeah. Okay. And then Supergirl. Well, Supergirl, just because. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a little twist on it. I just like the fact of um, more than one person left Krypton as opposed to everyone died. Yeah. It just seems seems he's not alone as you would think. Right. I I think she's important, too, in the sense that she she's the only person in the world that knows what it's what it's like to to be him. Yes. You know? And and it's but it, it's also doing Superman stuff but like as a teenager, as a teenage girl with her too, which I think is just right. you know, also interesting. <laughs> and another interesting thing just how they portray her usually is being both older and younger than mm-hmm, Superman mm-hmm. because of how accidents happened in space. That right. she left when she was a teenage girl and was suspended and arrives as a teenage girl. That she actually has memories of Krypton. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she's she's kind of a lifeline to Krypton for Superman. There, like she can tell him like how it actually was growing up there. Yeah, which is he's the only other like first person accounts he can get. Yeah, it's so funny, Tommy. You picked the exact two that I was also like. I'm stuck on these two. <laughs> I don't know. Between. I'm torn between the two of them too. Yeah. So many great characters. Oh, I know, man. God, Superman's so awesome. That world is so great. All right, Frank, who's yours? I think everyone knows what mine is. Bibbo? No. <laughs> yes. No. I love Bibbo, Legion, but no. The Legion of Superheroes. Of course. It's a Legion oh, of Superheroes. You were, you were dying for it. You were dying to bring it up. <laughs> yes, it's a Legion. I know I know some of us don't think the Legion is necessary to Superman's background. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I love the idea of, of, of him knowing that, oh yeah, you know, this all works out. We're there's going to be a, there's going to be a superhero club of, of teenagers a thousand years in the future that think you did a great job. You know, it's, and it makes, and I, I like the idea of, of, of him being with a peer group that makes him feel less alone. Yeah. Right. You know, I love that aspect of it too, even though they, you know, we've talked about it before that they, they haze him <laughs> to start with. <laughs> You know, they right. put him through trials that he can't possibly win and he, you know, he he's dejected and sad. And they're like, no, we're just kidding. You're part of our group now. <laughs> yeah. But and just quick you know. summary for Legion of superheroes for anyone who might not know. They're a team of superpowered teenagers from the future, from across all the solar system, different planets when different planets have been colonized, who are so inspired by Superman that they become superheroes, then travel back in time to to meet Superboy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like you know it, it's it's the idea of you know if you're putting together your your team of Justice League members and then you went back and got King Arthur to be part of your group, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where like, oh, I love King Arthur or Robin Hood. You yeah. know, if if you couldn't get Green Arrow, you know, you go get <laughs> you know you couldn't you'd go get you know whoever whoever your your you know if these characters existed, obviously, but right. It's it's yeah. one of those things where I I always love that bit. I, I like the idea of you know him having someone. And the idea that he's he's part of two very important groups in in two different centuries not centuries but two different um you know years and thousands of years apart that he's influential and a part of 
you know, it just speaks more to his legacy of being, you know, an influential character. So, right. yeah, I, I would say the Legion, even though the Legion can stand on its own. Yeah. We talk about Justice League Unlimited a lot. We don't talk about the Legion of Superheroes cartoon enough. We don't. Which is also very fun and great. Yes. You, you guys should check out if it's uh, on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. If it's on HBO Max, is it even there right now? I know it's a, it was on DC Universe. I know. I'm not sure it is. But we're checking out if it is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So many great characters, too. You know, I'm going to throw Steel out, too. You want to know why? Because I love Steel. I think Steel okay. is so is so <laughs> underrated also. Sure. You know, so I'm just waiting for when that character blows up. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us your opinion in the comments. You can always hit us up on Twitter as well. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Please remember to like us and follow us on social media. And uh, thanks for being here, everyone. We'll see you next time.